Hi guys and welcome back to another true crime and makeup time video. Today's case caught my eye a few months ago and I've been following it ever since and I was waiting to see what was going to happen. It's such an interesting case. I don't think I've ever heard anything like this before. Imagine you're young, you're in your early 20s and you start a TikTok account. At the time, TikTok is huge. Your account is getting more and more followers each day. You are getting more and more popular. Then you start getting approached by brands. You get paid to post content. You are an influencer now. Your mother is extremely supportive of you and the two of you are really close. Then one day she tells you she's having an affair with a boy your age and she needs your help to end it. Let's jump in. We are talking about the Mahek Bukhari case today. And oh my God, guys, if you haven't heard of this, it's wild. Like it's a wild case. So Mahek Ali Bukhari was born on 22nd May, 1999 in England to her parents, Ansreen and Ali Raza. She also has a younger brother named Arman. Soon after Mahek was born, her family moved back to Pakistan where they were originally from, but then they moved back to England in 2001. First, they moved to London. Then they went to, correct me if I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong, Stoke-on-Trent, Stoke-on-Trent, Staffordshire. They moved there later on. In 2007, they moved to the George Adley Close area and Mahek attended school at the St. Margaret Ward Catholic Academy. And then after she finished school, she went to the Newcastle College where she studied fashion. Mahek was well-educated, she was beautiful, and she seemed to grow up with a nice life. She took great pride in her physical appearance. She went to the gym four times a week. She always had her hair and her makeup done. She ate well, she avoided junk food, and she really valued her physical appearance. When COVID struck in 2020, Mahek joined TikTok, as I'm sure majority of people did, and she just posted fun dance videos. As time went on, Mahek was getting more and more followers and she was getting more popular. So then she expanded her content to Instagram and YouTube. And I believe on TikTok, she had like 130K followers. On Instagram, she had like 45K. And then on YouTube, it was nearly 4,000. 4,000 subs. She would share photos of her everyday lifestyle, her makeup and fashion tips. She would also post a ton of videos of her partying on the weekends and clips of her dancing in the bedroom, you know, the usual TikTok stuff. Mahek, who went by Maya on social media, was beginning to make a name for herself. She began earning good income online and she seemed to already come from an affluent family and she did, you know, enjoy the finer things in life. Mahek's father, Ali, he, there was like not much information available about him, but from what I could gather, I believe he worked as a security officer. Her father, Ali, married her mom, Ansreen, when she was in her early 20s. So at this point, they were married for over 20 years. Ansreen worked as a pharmaceutical dispenser and she worked at various pharmacies and she was extremely close with her daughter. Ansreen was only 46, so I feel like that definitely did play a part in them being so close. I mean, that's pretty young to have a full grown adult daughter. Apart from her social media presence, Mahek also started 
an online retail shoe company, I believe, where she customized shoes. Now, as we see online and as we've discussed before, influencers, they have their own way of life, right? Online, the life they want you to see. And by now, we should already know that what we see online is not the truth, especially when you see that influencer who just posts or even just like a regular person who posts just everything being perfect in their life, the perfect kids, the perfect house, the perfect body, face, whatever, right? It's just luxury all around, but that's what their jobs are. Their jobs are to show you perfection. And that's what Mahek's social media was like. I mean, she had a pretty decent following. She was invited to a lot of events, a lot of parties, and she went online to promote these things. Now, when I say Mahek was close to her mom, I mean, she was close to her mom. Her mom would appear in a bunch of her TikTok videos. They would lip sync to those popular trends. They would dance together. And Ansreen would come to all of these social media events with Mahek. Mahek even said about her mom, she's like a sister to me. We're best friends. And I know I could trust her for anything. That's the reason I would take her. There was one video I watched of Ansreen and Mahek and they're like on the screen and they're like dancing to, I don't know, it's like a song. I don't know. I don't know TikTok anymore. And um, they're on the screen. They're performing this little dance. And then the caption that she puts on screen reads, having an elite relationship with your mom. And it's like the little, what are these symbols called? Like this triangle thing. It's like greater than, you know, the little triangle. So basically she was saying like, my mom's, my mom and my relationship is like greater than anything else. So Mahek would attend a lot of events. She would go out a lot to post content on her social media, film content. And given her mom would accompany her all the time and come to all these events with her, her mom also began to experience a different side of life, a life that she really hadn't experienced before. When Ansreen first married her husband, Ali, she was mainly a housewife catering to her family, to her kids and her husband. She pretty much just went to work and looked after her family and that was, you know, her life. But at the age of 40, which honestly is not old, especially if your kids are grown and you've like, you know, you finished doing your job. You have this free mind now. Your kids are grown. You're not raising your kids anymore and doing things for them at every single moment. And when you spend your whole 20s doing that, like raising kids and taking care of your family, it's like you have like this new lease on life, right? And you can enjoy your time and doing it with your daughter nonetheless. I mean, I'm sure going out so much, meeting new people, having new experiences, going to clubs, restaurants, events, things she probably hadn't done in her 20s or for decades, you know, it was like Ansreen was living two different lives. One where she was, you know, used to be this caretaker and family person. And then one where she was almost young again, going to events, socializing, meeting new people. Ansreen was born in Pakistan and moved to the UK as a baby. And she actually grew up with the goal of wanting to become a flight attendant, but her parents did not allow her to go to college to pursue this goal. Soon she, you know, married Ali, had the two kids and settled down. So in 2019, Mahek and her mom Ansreen, they were visiting her cousin in London. 
I believe they were possibly attending an event or something in London and then they chose to stay the night there or a couple nights with her cousin in London and they were on this app called Azar. I've never heard of this app before but apparently it's used to meet new people and have real conversations with random people through video chat. So on this app the three of them were fooling around. I'm guessing Mahek was like talking to some of her followers on here maybe and Anstrain was on you know on her daughter's phone on the app and while she's on the app she briefly speaks to this guy called Saqib Hussein. At the time Anstrain's niece was showing her how to use the app like walking her through it and for a brief second this guy Saqib like he popped up and said hello. Now I don't think this is unusual in this moment because if Anstrain is going out with her daughter and her cousins and her friends she would be doing things or participating in things that that other 20 year olds would be doing. So I can imagine Anstrain you know she's cute she's like young kind of young and was probably just living vicariously through her daughter Mahek. So later while Anstrain is on Instagram she gets a message request. It's from Saqib. He messaged her saying, do you remember me? And she responds with, no, I don't. So then I believe she actually shows this message to her daughter Mahek and she asks her like, who is this guy? And then Mahek says, oh, I think he's from the Azar app. Soon the two of them begin chatting regularly. And, you know, we already know this is, this is dangerous as it is. And they even exchange phone numbers. So now they are not only speaking on Instagram, they're talking other ways. Ansreen says she was flattered by the interest that Saqib was showing her. Ansreen claims she told Saqib that she was happily married and she was just chatting with him because she thought that he wanted a friend. That that's all she thought. And she did find it a bit odd, but she thought he just wanted to have a chat. But even though she claims she believed this, she kept this relationship, this chatting relationship with Saqib on the down low until they decided one day to meet in person. In August of 2020, this is like right in the pandemic, by the way, she first met Saqib outside a Birmingham travel lodge hotel. Ansreen claims she only met him because he had continued to beg her and he was claiming that it was his birthday and he just wanted to meet her, you know, just one time. So when they initially met, they went to grab some food and then they went back to his hotel. Ansreen claims that it was a mistake and Saqib had been begging her. After Ansreen and Saqib went back to his hotel room, they allegedly had sex and after spending two hours together, Ansreen left. So as she was trying to leave, she was telling Saqib, you know, I have to go and Saqib just kept begging her to drive him home. So Ansreen then apparently drove him back to Banbury. So I googled these locations. So Banbury is over an hour away from Birmingham. And then for her to get back home to Stoke-on-Trent, it's another two hours. So that's like after she spends two hours with him, she's not home till possibly another three hours later. Like, 
That's a full on road trip. Someone from Birmingham, please comment down below. Is it common to just like drive that far to and from the city? Is that, do people like live that far away and then travel to Birmingham on a regular? Because over here, if you live more than an hour away, like drive from the city is considered pretty far. I mean, people still do it, but it's considered quite far. Anyway, so after the encounter, Ansreen just felt like she made the biggest mistake. She was very ashamed, very embarrassed. But what Ansreen didn't know was that Saqib, he was just 18 years old. Ansreen was 46 and Saqib had initially told her that he was 27. After their initial meeting, Ansreen says that Saqib continued to contact her 10 to 11 times a day. He began calling her Anzi, which became his nickname for her. At first, Ansreen was attracted to Saqib and was interested in the attention that he gave her, but as soon as she kind of hooked up with him, she really didn't want it to carry on. She claims that when she told Saqib this, he became very angry and he claimed that he already told his family that he was... He met someone and he was in love. Saqib would frequently send gifts to Ansreen and he would send it to her family home where her husband, Ali, her son lived and where Mahek lived. He would send her clothes and perfumes and she would tell him to stop and not send her these things. However, it's assumed that despite this, they continued their contact, you know, to message and talk to each other and video chat each other. Ansreen claims that she tried to end the relationship between her and Saqib numerous times, but he would get really angry and begin to harass her. He then began threatening to send videos and other images to Ansreen's husband. So apparently that first night that they met and they had sex in that travel lodge in Birmingham, Saqib, he took a few photos of Ansreen and him together with his arm around her. After he took these photos, Ansreen asked him, you know, why are you saving these photos? And he responded with, oh, they're just for me. And she told him, you know, please delete them. And he apparently told her, yeah, okay, I've deleted them. But you know what doesn't make sense to me? Okay. If you're having an affair, why even take the freaking photos, first of all, A. And then B, when you take a photo, you're not saving them. You take the photo and then it's in your phone because you took the photo. You know what I mean? So like, why let him take the photo if you're going to question him in a second and be like, why are you saving these photos? Do you know what I mean? I didn't get that part. I was like, that's a bit strange. Then she claims that when she would have video calls with Saqib, he would ask her to take off her clothes, which he did at his request. And... What she didn't know is that he was recording these video chats where she was getting naked. And she said that she only took off her clothes on these video chats because he was threatening her. But then after she did it, he was threatening to send these said videos and pictures to her husband. Yeah, it's strange. It's like she keeps like getting herself in trouble by giving him the photos. But then if he's threatening her, that he's going to do it anyway, but then she's giving him more content to threaten her with, you know, it's, yeah, it's weird. And I really think that is the scariest thing about 
social media, technology, the internet. Like I was saying in another video, I feel like the internet is one of the best and the worst things to ever happen to us because you know what? The internet actually has a lot more bad things than it, than it does good. So dang, if you get into an affair and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, once it's out there, it's out there. Anstreen claims that every time she tried to end things, he would just threaten her. And now she was feeling scared and she was definitely getting blackmailed. He was basically threatening her that he was going to send all this content to all of her family, like her cousins and her son and her husband. And he said, you know, I'm going to send it to everyone and I've got nothing to lose, but you have. On another occasion, she states that Saqib found out that she was going to be in London and he wanted to see her. She said he got a hotel room and he said, come and see me. And if you don't come and see me, then I'm going to go and send all your pictures, you know, to everyone. So she met with him once again and see how bad it is. It's just like, even if he had one photo, he can hold it above her head and threaten her with it, you know? So this took place towards the end of 2021. So that's when they allegedly met up again a second time. Ansreen claims at this point he was constantly messaging her, begging her to meet up with him. And every time she would, you know, resist it or fight him, he was just getting more and more angry about it. And this was over a year into their affair. And this is all Ansreen's version of things. In December of 2021, Ansreen finally confided in her daughter Mahek about the affair she was having with Saqib. She is quoted as saying, I told Mahek we were having a sexual relationship, which makes me wonder if Mahek knew that Ansreen was flirting, you know, slash messaging Saqib, but only found out at this moment that the relationship had turned sexual. Or was it only in December of 2021 that she found out about the affair at all, that her mom was even talking to this guy? So Mahek obviously was very angry and she said to her mom, I can't even believe what you've just told me. But in saying that, I also read some other statements by people stating that Mahek allegedly already knew about the affair and she was okay to tolerate her mom's behavior, right? And some say she even approved of this affair, but I can't imagine that you would. But then again, if they had a different kind of relationship, maybe. However, again, what doesn't make sense with this is that Mahek had apparently had a strong dislike of Saqib. And this was because she claimed that Saqib had at one point posted images of a naked woman online and superimposed her face onto these images. Mahek claims that he was just a super manipulative person and just nasty. And she also claims that he was basically narcissistic and a stalker. Now, if you're wondering if there was actually any evidence that Saqib did any of these things, later on, it was found in uh, Saqib's phone that there were a bunch of messages that he sent to Ansreen where he would threaten to come to her house and he would say such things as, you're pissing me off more and more by ignoring me. I will do something you're going to regret. And I'm a crazy bastard. These texts also show that Saqib 
then switched his narrative and began demanding money from Ansreen. He wanted £3,000 to be repaid back to him because he believed that was the amount of money he had spent on Ansreen during this affair. Around this time, Saqib would continue to call Ansreen and one time he even called Mahek and tried to get her to get her mom to answer her phone. Mahek was not happy about this, to which she responded to him, sending him a text saying, she ain't a dog. Don't fucking raise your voice and tell me what to do. After that, she sent him a text saying, I'm sorry that this year you'll be gone, Saqib. At this point, this affair was going on for nearly three years. It was just going from bad to worse. But again, what can you expect in today's social media age? Everything is on camera and online these days. Saqib had told a number of his friends about his affair with Ansreen and said that he loved her and they would often get into arguments and stop communicating for periods at a time. So he really wanted this relationship with Ansreen. And then it's alleged that in January 2022, Ansreen would end the relationship with Saqib once and for all. And I don't know how this happened, but maybe he just figured that she was being for real. And he apparently became increasingly obsessive, professing his love for her and begging her to continue the relationship. And I think, you know, because I mean, he could, he was a good looking guy. He could definitely just get a girl his own age. I'm sure there were a bunch of girls interested in him, but I think because he was kind of young, he fell in love really quick, right? On January 4th, 2022, on January 4th, 2022, Mahek would send a text message to her mom, which read, I'll get him jumped by guys and he won't know what day it is. Ansreen and Mahek then decided that it was time to silence Saqib. So at first, the three of them, Ansreen, Saqib, and Mahek, they came to an agreement that Ansreen and Mahek would pay back Saqib the £3,000 that he had spent on her um, during the relationship to stay silent about the affair. However, this agreement, this deal, wasn't really bulletproof because how would they be able to confirm if Saqib really did delete all the sexually explicit messages, videos, you know, photos in his possession? There wasn't any way to definitely confirm this. And again, that's the problem with today's technology because he could say he deleted it, but he could have it, you know, sent to another device or saved somewhere else. So that was the problem with this agreement. That was when Mahek contacted her longtime friend, 29-year-old Rakan Karwan, and she wanted him to be the one to sort out the 3,000 pounds that Saqib claimed Unstrain owed him. He allegedly was brought in at first to help negotiate with Saqib over the money. But in reality, 3,000 pounds wasn't really much to Mahek to say silent about this. So this already has been a bit disputed. Then Rakan brought in a bunch of other people to help too. Natasha Akhtar, 22 years old, Raiz Jamal, 22 years old, Mohammed Patel, 20 years old, 
Sanaf Ghulam Mustafa, 22 years old, and Amir Jamal, 27 years old. It was from this moment on that a drastic plan to silence Saqib was set in motion in whichever way was necessary and regardless of the cost. They planned to set a trap for Saqib, hoping that approaching him in large numbers would force him to hand over his phone and thus the images and videos and texts. So a plan was made that Ansreen would pay back Saqib all the money that he had spent on her, the £3,000. An arrangement was made for Saqib to meet Ansreen and Mahek at a Tesco car park in Hamilton, Leicester. Saqib was going to meet them to get the money and just end things once and for all. What Saqib didn't know was that six other people were going to join them. Back in Banbury, I believe Saqib didn't drive, so he was trying to get a friend to give him a lift to this Tesco parking lot for this meetup. He asked a few of his friends, and one of his friends, Muhammad Hashim Ijazuddin, offered to drive him, and he was known as Hashim. And Hashim didn't know anything about what was going on, and he was just a friend of Saqib's, and he just agreed to drive Saqib to Leicester, and he knew nothing about what was going on. I'm not even sure if he knew that he was meeting he was driving Saqib to meet these girls to get money back for this affair. Like, I just, I feel like he was just driving him, literally giving his friend a lift. So on 11th February, 2022, Saqib and Hashim enter the Tesco parking lot in Leicester at 1.17 a.m. They arrive in a silver Skoda. Now, because it's 1 a.m., the parking lot is completely empty. I mean, it's 1 a.m. It should be. But as they're waiting in this empty parking lot, Saqib and Hashim notice two more cars pull up. A blue see it, and then further down, they see an Audi parked. Saqib and Hashim are only in the parking lot for a few minutes before they become suspicious, and then they drive off. The blue see it, and the Audi quickly follow them. In the blue seat with Ray's driving was Natasha, Sanaf, Amir, and Mohammed. And in the Audi, it was Mahek, her mom Ansreen, and Rakan was driving. Raiz in the blue seat, he quickly catches up to Hashim and Saqib and he follows close behind them. And then Rakan in Mahek's Audi, he runs this red light to catch up to the two cars. All three cars are now driving on Troon Way in Leicester with the Skoda in the front with Saqib inside, the blue Seat in the back with all those other guys, and then last was the Audi with Mahek and her mom and Rakan driving. During this time, there's a heated phone call which takes place between Mahek and Saqib. I don't know who calls who, but basically Mahek is threatening him and telling him to pull over. Raiz in the blue car then gets ahead of the silver Skoda, gets in front of them and brake checks them to try to get them to stop. The blue Seat and the Audi have now boxed the Skoda in and they are driving on the A46 highway. It's at this point at 1.28am, just 10 minutes after Saqib initially drives into that Tesco 
parking lot that he calls triple nine for help. He sounds so panicked and he says, I'm being followed by two vehicles. They're trying to block me in. They've got balaclavas on. They're trying to ram me off the road. They're trying to kill me. Please, I'm begging you. I'm going to die. He ends the call with, oh my God. And then a short scream is heard, followed by the sound of a collision before the call ends abruptly. Now, I read the transcript of the 911 call. I believe I was able to read the full transcript. And I know a lot of people either defend 911 operators or they get mad at them or frustrated with them. But look, the transcript literally shows, okay, Saqib begging for help, okay, begging. And he's saying he's being followed by two cars. These men, you know, these people have got balaclavas on. They're getting hit. And these cars are ramming his car off the road. And he's saying, you know, they're trying to kill me. And he genuinely sounds panicked. He doesn't sound like he's unsure of the situation. He sounds like he's like, yep, they're literally trying to kill me. The operator keeps asking for Saqib's location, right? And I get that they need to do this, but Saqib mentioned he was driving. So he's like, you know, I'm driving, we're passing this sign and we're passing this intersection. And he just keeps giving him like, a general direction of where they're going, but the operators keep saying, well, where are you going? Where do you live? And then the operator actually also says to Saqib, calm down, you're not getting rammed off the road. How does the operator know this? I can imagine the operator is getting a bunch of information and getting maybe overwhelmed or it's just too much information too quickly and it's a really, really tough job. But I found it strange to tell a person who's in distress that they're not in distress. Now, if you didn't already figure out the sound of the collision that was heard on the emergency call was that of the silver Skoda that Saqib and Hashim were in. The impact of the collision was so severe that the Skoda had split into around a tree and the engine had detached from the car. The car then exploded and caught on fire and Saqib and Hashim both died immediately from multiple injuries. Both men died prior to the fire taking place. So they clearly died just from the impact. The speed of the Skoda that the victims were in was estimated at being 80 miles per hour, which is 128 kilometers per hour at the time of the collision. After the collision, evidence from cameras show that Mahek's Audi reached speeds of 100 miles per hour, which was 160 kilometers per hour. And then after the collision, it slowed down to 60 miles per hour, which is 96 kilometers per hour. So still really fast. The Audi and the blue Seat were seen continuing along the A46 highway before they reached a junction where two people were seen getting out of the cars and they were looking at the cars, inspecting it for damage before they got back in and drove off. Both cars then drive back past the collision site. They look at the Skoda, but it's on fire at this point, but no call for emergency services was made. Another passerby drives past the Skoda on fire realizes that no call for help had been made 
and they then call triple nine. CCTV footage showed Mahek, Ansreen, Rakan, Raiz, Natasha, Amir, and Sanaf then walking in Gisby Lane in Leicester at around 2 a.m. And they're talking and I guess they're making their way home. And Natasha was the the owner of the blue Seat. So she gets in her car and then she drives off home to Birmingham. And then I don't know what happened to the others. I'm guessing they possibly walked home. I don't, I don't know. But Mahek and Ansreen, then they get back in her Audi and then they drive back home. Phone data shows messages and calls being exchanged between the group throughout that morning. The theory is they were preparing their cover stories. To be clear, none of them had any money on them. I mean, the whole point was to meet and repay Saqib, right? Maybe scare him into giving his phone over, but there was never any cash present throughout this entire ordeal. Because of Saqib's 911 call and then the fact that the Skoda was found burning, the detectives began scoring automatic number plate recognition cameras, so to identify similar cars around the time of the crash. They put out an alert and two officers in the West Midlands spotted her driving in her car the next morning. So they followed her and then they boxed her in at a petrol station. And before this took place, while they were following her, Natasha is shown to have made a phone call to Raiz and she's panicking and I guess asking him what to do. After this, she is arrested and then taken into custody. At around 8 a.m., Mahek and Ansreen, they are woken up by the sound of police speaking with Mahek's brother and father. At this point, Mahek notices she has a bunch of missed calls from Raiz, who had informed her that Natasha was found by the police. While officers continue to speak to Mahek's brother and father, Mahek quickly calls Raiz back. She then sends a text to her mother with instructions on what to say to the police. The text message stated that Rakan said for them to tell the police that it was only Mahek and Ansreen driving in the Audi that night. The reason for this being, it is believed that Rakan was driving the Audi and Raiz was driving the blue Seat, Natasha's car. So if they said that it was just Mahek and Ansreen in the car, it would not implicate these two other guys and they could hopefully get away with it. Dressed in a pink, fluffy, oversized hoodie, Mahek lied to the police, telling them that that night, Mahek and Ansreen were driving to Nottingham for a social media event. The pair were then arrested and taken to a station in Leicester. You guys have to watch Mahek's police interview. I'll leave it linked below. But basically, as she's being interviewed, she's explaining how she's just driving, okay? And then she sees the blue Seat car on the road too. She says that that car was driving normally too, but it was driving in front of her and how she's a really good driver and she's always been a really good driver. She says the blue Seat car didn't do anything to her and she didn't even know who was driving this car. But she says the silver Skoda comes zooming down, you know, the highway and cuts in between the two cars. She said she asked her mom what she should do and her mom was like, just keep driving normally, Mahek, you know, just be safe. 
And they said, you know, it's just reckless people driving in the night because there's no cameras here. She then says the silver Skoda was agitating the blue Seat. Throughout her interview, she was basically implying that the silver Skoda was the problem and was the one harassing the blue Seat. And then before she knew it, she sees the silver Skoda swerve into the metal barrier. She just kept lying. So the police then ask her to unlock her phone so they can check her messages, but she just kept entering in the wrong pin. You know, she forgot her pin. Then the police play Saqib's 911 call to her and Mahek just broke down crying. She then goes on to say that Saqib was just manipulative and a liar and just harassing her. Ansreen, Mahek and Natasha were kept in custody and then Raiz and Rakan were arrested three days later. And then a few weeks later, Amir and Sanaf were arrested. Once they were arrested, those involved claimed that the intention behind this 100 mile per hour car chase was to stop the Silver Skoda, get the Silver Skoda to pull over so that a conversation could take place between Saqib and the women. But then some of them also provided contradictory claims stating that they were actually on their way to a shisha bar in Nottingham and they had no intention of ramming anybody's car off the road. A wheel brace was found in the trunk of Mahek's Audi, as well as a curved metal tool was found in the front passenger seat of the blue seat. So this just contradicted their intentions of just a conversation taking place. But since they were car tools, I feel like, couldn't you argue that these were just there in the car for the car? There was so much evidence and backstory to this case that the trial didn't begin till a year and a half later in April of 2023. There was way too much evidence between the affair that was unraveling between Ansreen and Saqib, between the text messages that Mahek sent her mom saying she was going to get Saqib jumped by men, between the freaking text message she sent Saqib saying that 2022, you know, would be his last year. He was going to be gone. And forensic evidence also showed that the blue see it, it had damage to the front of the vehicle consistent with ramming the silver Skoda and the Audi showed no signs of damage. The prosecution stated that after the alleged threats from Saqib that Ansreen and Mahek had to find a way to silence Saqib, stop the affair from being exposed, either by causing him serious injury to warn him or by silencing him by killing him. Either by causing him serious injury to warn him or by killing him to silence him forever. The revelation of this affair could have ruined Ansreen's reputation in the community as well as, most importantly, her marriage. It also could have affected Mahek's relationship with her father in case he found out that she possibly knew about this affair. Mahek was a social media influencer with a large following and revelation of the affair would have damaged her standing with her followers. Mahek claimed that Saqib was manipulative, a stalker and threatening and making threats to kill her family, her father and her brother if Ansreen did not continue on with the affair. Mahek claims that she was being harassed and that she had arranged to meet up with Saqib by herself but that he never showed up. Saqib's family on the other end stated that Saqib was heartbroken when this relationship with Ansreen ended because he believed he was in love with her. His sister had told him not to be in a relationship with a married woman and that when she found out that he was going to meet them 
to get money repaid to him, she told him it was a stupid idea and that he might get jumped. Ansreen's husband, Ali Raza, told police that he had no idea that the affair was even going on, but he did say that someone by the name of Saqib had contacted him on social media. He says that he recalls about four or five months ago that someone with that name sent him a message on TikTok and it talked about like having an affair with his wife, but this account that sent the message had no followers. So he just thought it was some fake account and just nonsense, really. Ansreen told the court that she was ashamed and embarrassed about the affair she was having with Saqib. And she claimed she only had sex with Saqib twice, after which she tried to end the relationship, but he just would not accept it. He then began threatening to expose her, expose all the images and videos he had of her to her family and that she needed to pay him back £3,000 that he had spent on her. Ansreen then defended Mahek and said that her daughter was just trying to sort things out with Saqib and that there was never any plan to harm Saqib just to meet him, sort things out. And she stated that Rakan was, you know, due to be at the meeting too because he was the one who was going to sort the money aspect of it out. During the trial, Mahek was sharing laughs and smiles with the other defendants when, you know, the trial was having its little breaks and she casually played Monopoly and Uno as she was waiting for the jury to come back with a verdict. She even waved and laughed at reporters outside with cameras from the balcony of the court, you know, just hours before the jury was going to be delivering their verdict. I think she truly believed that nothing was going to happen to her. The jury deliberated for more than 28 hours before delivering their verdict. The judge described Mahek as self-obsessed with an exaggerated sense of entitlement. He said, you are oblivious to the damage you do. And he described the case as a story of love, obsession, and extortion that ended in cold-blooded murder. So these were the sentences handed out to each defendant. So Ansreen Bukhari, 47 years old at the time, got life imprisonment with a minimum term of 26 years and nine months for two counts of murder. Mahek Bukhari, 24 years old, got life imprisonment with a minimum term of 31 years and eight months for two counts of murder. Raiz Jamal got, he was 22, he got life imprisonment with a minimum term of 31 years for two counts of murder with an additional five years to complete a previous sentence for Rakan Karwan, 28 years old, got life imprisonment with a minimum term of 26 years and 10 months for two counts of murder. Natasha Akhtar, who was 23 years old, because she gave the blue car, 11 years, eight months for two counts of manslaughter. Amir Jamal, 27 years old, got 14 years and nine months for two counts of manslaughter. And Sanaf Gula Mustafa got 20, I mean, he was 23 years old. He got 14 years and 10 months for two counts of manslaughter. I mean, dang, was that worth it, guys, to intimidate someone? I mean, the drivers, Mahek and Ansreen, got the worst punishments. But Natasha, how much? 11 years. Amir, 14 years for being passengers in a vehicle. You know, like they didn't even do anything. Maybe they were going to threaten him, but they didn't even do anything. But 
their intention of doing something got them that time, you know? It's freaking your whole life, your whole 20s, done. Now, remember, there was one more guy, Mohammed Patel. He was 20 years old, and he admitted to the police that he was a passenger in the blue seat, but was only invited to make up numbers. And he claims that the curved metal tool, like he was aware that it was present in the passenger seat next to him, but he did not know what to do with it. He claims that during the heated phone call between Mahek and Saqib, Mahek said to Saqib, watch what I do to you. Muhammad claims he was under the influence of cannabis at the time of the car chase and he was in a panic when the situation escalated you know he believed they were just going to go talk to Saqib and threaten him a little bit but yeah he admitted all this to the police and he was found not guilty of murder and manslaughter and was the only one to confess everything to the police. Saqib's family misses him every day and they would do anything to have him back. His poor friend Hashim was just an innocent bystander. He had no idea what was going on. He was just someone who was helping a friend. His family states that Hashim was the type of person who touched everyone's heart and everyone wanted to be his brother. He was one in a million. A few videos that Mahek had made on her TikTok had turned into a joke during the trial because in these videos, she's talking about killing men and how the relationship with her mother is so elite and their relationship is so elite, they're going to prison together. Mahek dropped out of uni. She didn't finish that fashion course because she wanted to pursue TikTok and the judge even judged her for that, stated that if she hadn't, she would have been a graduate with her whole life in front of her. Instead, she used her followers to fix her problems because she was so self-obsessed and oblivious. And as for Ansreen, she was the grown-up in the situation, right? So she should have adopted a sensible and rational, mature approach to this whole situation with, with Saqib because he was being immature and volatile. That an innocent Hashim had to pay for the mistakes of these people. I mean, the whole case is so wild. I mean, Mahek could have just been living, you know, her nice little life with her mom, you know. Ugh. So many lives are ruined because of them. An affair is no joke. Cheating is no joke. So many people get hurt in the process. And if it's meant to be so fun, how do you end it? Can it ever end in a fun way, it's very rare that affairs end amicably. And with this massive age gap between Ansreen and Saqib, I mean, he thought he was in love and Ansreen was really in an impossible situation. She truly was the one who had everything to lose because if people found out that Saqib was in a relationship with this older woman and, you know, it, it went public, he kind of would have just been like, like it would have been laughed off, you know, because he was just a kid. People also say he was wrong for threatening Ansreen with revenge porn, which according to text messages that were found seem to be true. And if it is true, then yeah, it's wrong. But did he deserve to die for it? I mean... <sighs> Oh, it's such a tough situation, right? Like, but number one, don't put your pictures on the internet. Like, don't even get undressed, you know, in front of a video. And I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying we have to be smarter these days, right? Like we, 
know better. We have to teach our kids to know better because once it's on the internet, it's out there, y'all. It's out there. Let me know your thoughts on this case down in the comments below. I'm sure you guys are going to have a lot to say. I look forward to reading the comments and I will see you in next week's video. We'll see you guys, guys. Bye.